to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. You know, I am astounded at how many people live with things in their life that they know shouldn't be there. Well, I know I shouldn't be doing this, and you know, I'm, I'm going to stop this pretty soon. I'm, you know, I am. I, I know the Lord's unpleased with this, and I, but, you know, what's the holdup? You need to stop it now. You need to turn away from it now. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Genesis chapter 26, verses 15 and 18, in a message titled, Digging Again the Wells of Water. Now, here's Pastor Brian. You know, if something could happen in California, a real move of the Spirit of God, boy, the potential, you know, if it happens in California, it could permeate the whole nation. And it could go beyond that because, of course, we have many uh, immigrant people from all different places around the world. Just think if they got touched and then they'd go back to their countries or send news or, you know, whatever. But how can something like this happen? Well, again, I think it, we have to come back to ourselves first. We have to start with ourselves. And we have to deal with the rubble. Like Isaac did, we have to begin to dig the wells once again. And where do we start? We've got to throw those things out. You're never going to get to the water until you get all of the earth out, until you get all the rubble, until you get all the rubbish out. And so that's where we start. That's where we start collectively as a church. That's where churches start or, or movements. That's where we start individually. I think we often do this, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. We often are sort of looking for somebody else to start. You know, if they would just do this, if they would uh, stop that, if they would get their act together, when in reality, I'm not really responsible for them and I can't really control them, but what I can do is I can take care of my, my own particular situation. So we begin by digging again. We begin by throwing the rubble and the rubbish out. In our own lives, we do a survey of our lives and we begin to just say, Lord, where am I at? And what's going on? And what is, you know, where did this come from? And is this of you? To begin to ask the Holy Spirit to really search our hearts and to show us if there are things in our lives that need to be thrown out. Now, in some cases, we don't need to even pray a whole lot about that, do we? Because the Bible's already told us that those things shouldn't be in our lives. So we don't have to pray about whether we should get rid of it. We just got to get rid of it. But then, you know, there are times when we can, all of us, be unaware to some extent. Maybe because through a process of time, our hearts have become a bit hardened and we're no longer sensitive like we used to be. And that thing that we're doing that would have bothered us earlier because of, uh, we had a greater sensitivity to the spirit, it doesn't bother us anymore. So we go on assuming that everything's okay. But you see, this is where it's so important 
to get down and just say, Lord, if there's something in my life that's not pleasing to you, if there's something in my life that's quenching the spirit, Lord, if there's something in my life that is blocking the flow of your spirit, Lord, I want to know what it is so I can get rid of it. And, And there are times that we have to do that. Don't be afraid to do that. You know, don't be afraid to just say to God, Lord, if there's anything unpleasing in my life, if there's anything that you don't want in my life, I want you to show it to me and help me get rid of it. And if there's things that need to be in my life that I've not yet received, then Lord, I I wanna receive everything that you have for me. I think that every one of us should be at this stage wanting to just, you know, I I want everything the Lord has for me. I don't wanna miss out on anything. I, you know, I'm so thankful for what God has done for me and what God has enabled me and allowed me to to be involved in over the years. But you know what? I want more. I'm so blessed and humbled and thankful that, you know, God has has used me the way he's used me, but I don't want to stop. I want, I want to go further. I want to do more. I want to see more. I want to experience more with the Lord. And the wonderful thing about the Lord is there is no limit to knowing him. There's no place that you can finally arrive at and say, oh, well, I know the Lord as good as you could possibly know him. So there it is. That can't happen. That can't happen. God cannot be finally searched out by any of us And if we had a hundred lifetimes or a thousand lifetimes or a million lifetimes to pursue him, we would still, at the end of those million lifetimes, we wouldn't wouldn't have exhausted him. So there's so much more. But what's keeping us back from that quite often? It's the rubble. It's the rubbish of the world that's crept back in. And isn't it interesting how it, is so subtle the way it creeps back in sometimes. It's subtle because for the most part, we don't just go out and decide, okay, now I'm gonna reintroduce this stuff into my life that the Lord threw out years ago. But what we do do is we start taking little bits at a time. And you know how it is with with dirt. (laughs) You know how it is with sand. Just a little bit at a time can build up a lot of blockage over a period of time. And that's what happens. So where do we start? We've got to dig again. We've got to throw those things out. We've got to go back. And I think one of the best things to do practically Actually, we're told to do this in uh, Revelation chapter 2 in regard to the issue of our first love. Remember what Jesus said about how to recover your first love? What did he say to do? He said, remember from where you have fallen. That's where it starts. Remember from where you have fallen. You know, we look back, and sometimes we look back with great fondness and and longing and and sometimes even with a bit of sadness because we can think of of former times when we seem so much closer to the Lord. We seem so much more in touch with him. We were so much more active in 
serving him and so much more diligent and excited about seeking him and fellowshipping with him. But we've come a long way from that. We still go to church. We still go through the motions. We still have the Bible. You know, we're still holding on to the faith in the sense that we still believe, but the, the passion is gone. The excitement, you know, just that desire to seek the Lord and, and to, to go deeper with him and to experience more of him, to be around other people that are like that. So what do we do? Jesus said, remember from where you have fallen. Think back to those times. Think back to those early days. And if you can think back to a time where you know in your heart that you had a much greater passion for the Lord, a much deeper interest in the things of the Spirit of God, what you need to do then, Jesus said, is repent and do the first works. And of course, repent means to change, to change your thinking. And inevitably, as you change your thinking, you'll change your direction. You start going back in the direction of those things. You know, like I was saying, and and you know this by experience as well, the drifting is a subtle thing. We, We just slowly start to move away from certain things. It doesn't happen necessarily instantly or overnight. But, you know, we used to be so diligent in spending time in the Word, but, you know, we started slacking off a little bit. Well, you know, I'll, I'll read the Bible every other day. And then after a while, you know, I'll read it four days a week. I'll read it, you know, three days a week. And then, you know, I'll read it once a week. And then a month goes by and when was the last time I read the Bible? You know, at one time, man, I wanted to be in fellowship as much as I could be. But then, well, you know, maybe I'm going to church too much. Maybe I'm involved in, you know, fellowship too often. I need to chill out. You know, I, I'll take a break. And so, you know, instead of going three or four times a week, you know, I'll cut it back. And then I'll cut it back to a couple times a week. Then I'll cut it back to once a week. And then pretty soon again, you know, a month or two passes and you think, wow, what's happening? So funny, you know, pastoring over the years, I remember people, you know, they'd come to church and they'd be all excited and, and it would be wonderful. And then suddenly you wouldn't see them. You wouldn't see them for a week, two weeks, three weeks, six weeks. And, you know, last time I saw them, they were just, oh, I love this church. It's the greatest church in the world. Oh, this is just so wonderful. And then, boom, six weeks go by and you don't see them. They come back and you say, hey, I thought, where you been? I thought this was your church. Well, this is my church. (laughs) Oh, you just come every six weeks. Okay, I get it. (laughs) But, you know, why why do we come to church? Why, Why am I saying that? Because we have a need for you to be here more so we'll feel better. No, you need to come (laughs) so you'll feel better because this is where we get blessed. This is where we grow. This is where we get encouraged. This is where we get strengthened. This is where we help one another. So going back and doing those things. So going back to the, the text here, Isaac begins to dig again the wells, but he starts by throwing the, the, the rubble and the rubbish out. So we start by repenting. We start by getting those things 
out of our lives that we know are not supposed to be there. You know, I am astounded at how many people live with things in their life that they know shouldn't be there. Well, I know I shouldn't be doing this, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna stop this pretty soon. I, you know, I am, I, I know the Lord's unpleased with this, and I, but you know, what's the holdup? You need to stop it now. You need to turn away from it now. So throwing out those things, but then as we're, as we're digging, we're digging deeper into the word for that living water. You know, we have said it a million times, and I know you've heard it a lot of times, but, and we can't overemphasize it. It's the word of God. That's where the life is. And when a man or a woman, when a boy or a girl, when you get connected personally with the Bible, beyond coming to Bible studies, coming to Bible studies is great. Keep coming. Wonderful. But beyond that, and beyond listening to the radio and, and getting your teaching that way, all of those things are wonderful. But there's something that's even more important than that not to the exclusion of those things, because we need those things. But the most important thing is that you personally, and I personally am digging into this word of God and experiencing that living water. That's the most important thing, that we would be taking time, that we would be spending time and just digging into the word now, you know, this, this picture of water, and of course I'm using it as, as a picture of the Spirit, and justifiably so, many places in Scripture that uh, analogy is used. Remember Jesus, he spoke about the torrents of living water flowing from within. And this he spoke concerning the Spirit that those who believed in him would receive. So, we're, we're talking about this, this living water, but you know, we're talking about the life of God. Again, one of the things that happens over time with churches, with movements, and with people, you know what happens? We have this great experience with God, this born-again experience, this spirit-filled experience and then sometimes what happens is we just sort of drift into kind of a religious state where it's the, the, the life part of it is no longer there. I've got all of the outward, all of the external. I'm still doing the same things, but the life isn't there. The vibrancy, that just that, I don't even know how to say it, just that life. You know when life's happening, it's just, it's happening. And this is the thing that we have to really endeavor to maintain because this is the thing the devil wants to kill. He doesn't care if we all go to church. He doesn't care if we call ourselves Christians. But what he hates and what he opposes and what he does his best to try to stop is when the life of Jesus Christ is vibrantly living and flowing through you Man, that is something that he wants to stop. Why? Because that's when life spreads. 
That's where reproduction takes place. I think of that picture in Ezekiel. In the last several chapters of Ezekiel, we have a picture, chapter 40 through chapter 48, uh, a picture of the millennial kingdom. But it begins talking about this river that's flowing. And it's this river that's flowing from the throne of God. And it's a river that brings life wherever it goes. And it talks about how that that river will flow out from the throne of God. And it speaks of literally the river flowing into the Dead Sea and bringing life back to the Dead Sea. So the Dead Sea will one day be filled with fish. And I love reading that because it's just such a great picture of the, the work of the Spirit. The Spirit of God's just moving and life is being produced wherever, and it says there specifically, wherever the water goes, wherever the river flows, there is life. And you see, that's what God desires for us, that we be these reservoirs, these wells as Jesus said, of living water. Living water that will satisfy you and refresh and bring life to others as well. But again, we can see, when you think of it in those terms, you can see why the enemy, he does his best to to fill that in with rubble. He doesn't want that to happen. But God wants it to happen. And the world needs it to happen. And we ought to desire that to happen because that's what this whole thing is really all about. Again, it's not about church. It's not about religion. It's not about just being identified with a particular group. It's about a life, a vibrant, powerful life of God flowing from each one of us. So dig deep into the word for that living water. Make that right at the top of your priority list. You know, one thing that I think about often, I won't say it's a fear I have, but it's definitely a concern, and I think about it for myself. I do not want to be trying to play catch up, so to speak, when, you know, the going gets tough. I wanna be ready. We don't know where things are going. It doesn't look good. But it's okay if we're ready. And how are we gonna be ready? We gotta be, we just gotta be in tune with the Lord. Remember that story where this, you know, father brought this demon-possessed boy to Jesus or brought brought him to the disciples, and they were unable to deal with the the demon. And then you remember Jesus finally cast the demon out. And then the disciples said to him afterwards, they said, well, Lord, why couldn't we cast the demon out? And Jesus said, well, it was because of your unbelief. But then he went on to say about that particular demon, he said, but this kind cannot come out except through prayer and fasting. Now, I always think about this. What do you do when you encounter a demonic force like that? If you haven't been praying and fasting, 
you're in trouble because you don't have any time to do it at the moment of the encounter. The, the point there is you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared for that. And so we want to be prepared for whatever's coming along. And I'm not you know, prophesying that there's some horrific thing that's coming. I don't know. You don't know. We all do know, though, because the scripture tells us that in the world we're going to have tribulation. To what degree, God only knows. But I just know for myself, oftentimes I think of this, I don't want to be trying to play catch up when the time comes. I want to be ready for it. I want to be ready when it comes. I want to have already prepared myself. I want to have already been in that position of seeking the Lord instead of saying, oh, no, oh, I'm not ready for this. A few years ago, I went on a trip to South Africa. And South Africa is um, a wonderful place. And South Africa is known for many things. And two things that it's known for are big, gigantic waves and big, gigantic sharks. (laughs) And so on my first trip over, you know, my friends in South Africa wanted to take me surfing. And I thought, you know, I didn't prepare to come to South Africa to surf. (laughs) This could be a really (laughs) unpleasant experience. But you know, last time I went to South Africa, I knew what I was going into. And so for one month, I tried to exercise and get in shape and surf as much as I could. So when they then said to me, hey, we want to take you out, I could say, all right, I'm ready. Still didn't know how to deal with the shark thing, but... (laughs) But anyway, you get the point. The point is, we need to be not cluttered with all the rubble and the rubbish of the world, stopping the flow of the Spirit in our lives. We need to get all of that stuff out And we need to have that flow of living water just there constant. That's what we need. And that, in my opinion, is the only thing that's gonna, in the long run, make a difference in our community, in our state, and in our country. It's when people, full of the Spirit of God, on fire for Christ, being led by the Spirit into the things that they're doing, whatever they might be, that's when things are gonna change. Now, just exactly what's gonna change, we don't know that either, except this. We know that hearts are gonna change. We know lives are gonna change. We don't have any guarantee the government's ever gonna change. Probably won't. Not many ever have in history. But we know this, that hearts will change. Lives will change. Families will change and blessing will come. But let's start with us. Let's get the rubble out. Let's get that rubbish out, and let's dig into the Word of God, asking God to revive and to refresh us in His Spirit. November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 
a non-anxious presence, how a changing and complex world will create a remnant of renewed Christian leaders by Mark Sayers. Have you sensed anxiety in our culture? Have you been affected by the viral flow of anxiety sweeping through social media networks and institutions? Have you wrestled with the loss of personal comfort and stability? If you answered yes to these questions, then you have the opportunity for spiritual growth in response to God's invitation to grow with Him. In his book, A Non-Anxious Presence, Mark Sayers argues that because of the interconnectedness of the global culture, our world has shifted from being one that was complicated to one that is complex. A complicated world requires efficiency, but a complex world requires adaptability. And this is exactly what this book was designed to do, to help you learn how to adapt in our changing world for the benefit of spiritual growth. This book, A Non-Anxious Presence, How a Changing and Complex World Will Create a Remnant of Renewed Christian Leaders by Mark Sayers is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.